going to read the passages as we go, and I'm going to start. I didn't bring my NLT Bible, so I'm just reading it on my phone. <gasps> I know, but see, we like these different translations. So I'm going to start by reading the first four verses in the NLT. Do it. Okay. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. Hmm. Wait, was this really written about Judah? Mm-hmm. Or could this be California? Right? <laughs> or the U.S.? Doesn't this seem relevant to us today? So, so relevant. So relevant. I, I just have to tell a quick story. In England, um, they caught this young man who was 13, and he was stealing cell phones. And he'd been doing it for like a year or two years, and they caught him. They lit him off. Oh, and they celebrated him as look at this great thief. He's probably going to be so good when he grows up. You're like, yeah, crazy. Right being called wrong, crazy. And wrong being called right. And yeah. I, I'm going to just be honest with you. We had a woman who was stealing purses here at the church, and we caught her on um, CCTV stealing. Um, we had the security followed her out to her car, and I'm sorry if you lost your purse. She had, uh, I think it was 10 purses with all these different identities in it. We called the police, and they said, we can't do anything. We can't do anything. Mm. Unless these people choose to press charges, we can't do anything. They just wow. confiscated all of it, gave it back to the people. Well, but, yeah, and we see here that Habakkuk is calling this a burden. So this message, he's crying out to the yeah. Lord. And this is a, a burden, a heavy message. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on what he's calling it? Oh, on the, on the burden thing? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You say that, and then I'll say the other thing. You know, it's, <laughs> we couldn't resist talking about this beforehand. Sorry. Don't you find that when you're reading it, yeah. you're like, who could I talk to? I've, you know, the Lord's giving me these thoughts, and I want to share it. But we're talking about a burden that sometimes um, what the Lord allows us to see becomes so burdensome. And when we see the evil and when we see and we feel that burden, um, the hard place, it, we really need to roll it onto the Lord. You know, as it's cast all your cares upon him for he cares for us. Mm-hmm. So he's going to roll it onto the Lord. But even what he receives is a burden. This message is burdensome because, mm-hmm. it, again, it's not what Habakkuk wants. And we read in Revelation that John is given this booklet and he's told to eat it and it's sweet to his mouth, but it's bitter to his stomach because it's God's judgment. It's God's judgment. So you're like, you know it's right and it's sweet, the word of God, but sometimes the realization of how this is going to affect your life Mm -hmm. and everything, the status quo, you're like, oh, and that seems to be what Habakkuk does. He's like complaining like, Lord, Things are so bad, and I keep praying, and I keep praying, and I keep praying. And maybe you prayed and prayed and prayed, and you see like one of these laws is coming up, and you're praying against it. You're calling your congresswoman and your senator, and it gets passed. And you're like, I prayed about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, and that actually, coming, going off of that, that was what stood out to me was him crying out. Because um, the, the words there, and that was kind of interesting, I think Weersby, somebody brought this out, is that where it says, how long, O Lord, shall I cry, and then even cry out to you? Those are different, um, those have different connotations, because the first time it says, I cry like I'm calling for help, and then after that, it's like, I'm screaming, like, with a disturbed heart. It's like, the depth of it, and, and it's just, to me, I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. This isn't the first time Habakkuk has asked the Lord about this. He's obviously been doing this for some time. He has been, it's been a repeated crying out. And I was even just thinking about that, like the things, kind of like what Cheryl was saying, that we go back and over, to the, over and over again to the Lord um, and just the importance of persevering prayer mm-hmm. and developing, really because God's also, you know, developing eternal things in us, not just a change in our circumstance, but, you know, there's some things that can't be developed in our lives any other way than by just really persevering and going deep. And that's what we see with Habakkuk. 
He has such a deep relationship with the Lord. He can be honest with him and dialogue with him like this because he's developed that through praying for such a long time over these issues. And so that was just encouraging to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's internal developing things in my character, not just my circumstances. But you know what also uh, came to me is the fact that the Lord often lets us see the deficit. Mm-hmm. to prepare us for the answer. He sees, he lets us see everything that's wrong. Habakkuk is like, why are you making me right. see this? And yeah. even in my uh, takeaway, I was, I was putting that there are times that we see things mm-hmm. and we get so frustrated because of what we're seeing and we think we're alone in seeing these things. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, am I the only one who sees how evil, how yeah. scary, yeah. how dark, how, and I think as Christians, sometimes we're like, that's a bad move. That won't work. But the, the, the world or the culture, the society doesn't see that they're undermining mm-hmm. um, themselves. They're pulling the rug out from under their own feet. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians, we see it. And sometimes we're like, Lord, why? Mm-hmm. And I believe that's how God sometimes prepares our heart. Um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is John chapter 6, where... You know, Philip is hanging out with Jesus. They're having a great time. The multitude's coming. And I think Philip's just like, wow, this is so cool. Jesus is healing. Jesus is talking. And then Jesus turns to Philip and says, how are we going to feed this multitude? And that sends Philip into this huge panic. Like, what? Feed up. You know. And send him away. But send yeah. him away. And the Lord's like, no, you feed him. And now... Philip feels the deficit, the deficit of his own abilities, the deficit of finances, the deficit of power, the deficit of resources, the deficit of placement. He feels the weakness of his own body and um, abilities to do anything about the situation. And sometimes that, that sends us into a greater panic. We get so scared. In fact, most of the fears that we as women have come from the knowledge of our own weakness and inability and frustrations to change or do anything. Well, and we see this with Habakkuk. Like, he calls it perplexity, or that's kind of what we're seeing expressed here. Mm -hmm. And on question three, we see all these things that describe the Chaldeans, their wickedness, their wrongdoing, their grievances, Um, I'm just going to give you a few of these. They're quarrelsome. They're controversy. There's discord, which is the absence of harmony. Okay, wait. I believe he's talking about Judah. He's not talking about the Chaldeans here. Mm -hmm. He's describing the situation in Judah. This is what's going on in Judah that they're doing all. These are the people around Mm -hmm. him. We're going to get into how bad the Chaldeans are. But this is Judah. (laughs) This is like looking at the United States and saying, this is bad, this is bad. And what if God said, I'm going to use the Chaldeans? And, and, you know, America's going to be taken over by Muslim countries. We'd be like, (gasps) you know, like, no, Lord, it's not that bad. Why do you think that God allowed him, the prophet, to see these things? Again, I think it was like to ready his heart for the answer. I think unless we see how bad it is. That we're just as evil or there's Mm -hmm. evil in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was something. I actually have that on another day. A a good, well, maybe I better wait on that. Mm -hmm. Never mind, I'm going to wait on that thought. But I I, I do think, too, like I was looking at, I think Guzik was talking about how when we see sin in others, it shows us what we would be without him. And it also gives us a sense of urgency for salvation. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, look how desperate the situation is. We got to get in God's plan. You know, it's interesting because I know a lot of moms prodigals. And they Mm -hmm. pray what I call directed prayers. Like, God, I want my child to come to Jesus, but don't this let way. it be through, yeah. you know? know. Don't, don't let him have any financial problems. Don't let him have any physical problems. Uh, don't let him have any emotional heartbreaks, but save him. And until we do open hands, mm. nothing's mm-hmm. going to change. Mm-hmm. And I, want, I remember one woman who got to that point about her son, and she said, Lord, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And she said it was the first time she finally just said, okay, Lord, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And she said that night he was driving drunk, and he hit a man and killed him. Mm -hmm. And he ended up going to prison. And that was not... Yeah, what she would have wanted. (laughs) But she remembered. And the Lord spoke to her and said, you did pray, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And in prison... 
he began to walk with Jesus mm -hmm. like never before. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, no alcohol, none of those resources. There was a chastening wow. that brought him to Jesus. And, you know, um, I once heard um, our friend on the mission field, who we absolutely adore, we uh, who's got all the children, uh, who's now the dean of the college in Hungary, Pam Markey. Oh, Pam. Yeah, yeah. Um, the what? first time I ever heard Pam Markey speak, <laughs> oh, no. we're Jeffrey playing Guess Greg. Who. Yeah. Uh, the first time she said, she got up and she said, women, this is how we often pray. This is how we pray. And we're wondering Holding why our tightly. prayers aren't answered and why God's not doing anything. Wow. And she said, we're praying like this. And she said, do you want God to force something out of your hand? Because this is going to hurt. But if you'll pray like this yeah. and make it a gift to God. And it was interesting because that was one of the best messages I've ever heard mm -hmm. in my life. That was in August. And in February, the Lord took her husband home to be with wow. Jesus. And I just remembered. Hmm. And she said she went through that whole time. Like, Lord, George wow. is yours. George wow. is yours. Well, and we always think like that having open hands is that will will be empty. But really, like I know you've said this before, that when we have open hands, then that's when God can fill them. That's when he can do his greatest work. Yeah. And like you were talking about last week about prayer, what it does in our hearts, which this is what Habakkuk's doing. Prayer aligns our hearts with God's will and gets us on the same page with God. And it shifts our perspective, which we need so often. We need to get our eyes off of the circumstances because these circumstances, like we're gonna see, they're not gonna change or the things they are gonna change are actually gonna get worse. Yeah. But coming to that place of just surrendering to God's will as being yeah. the it's best for us. When Jesus is talking about the end time scenario, he says, these things must happen. Must. You're like, mm -hmm. Ugh. And as we begin to see these musts, we start mm -hmm. to panic. But Jesus said, um, one version says, settle in in your heart right now. Mm -hmm. In John chapter 14, he says, do not let your heart be troubled. Mm -hmm. And that. what you have to do is you have to set it back on God. Mm -hmm. You just have to put it, I like the way I said that. God, you have to put it back on the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, and he even said yeah. in um, Luke, I believe it's 21, look up mm -hmm. for your redemption, yes. draws nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, and we see the stars when the sky is the blackest, when we look up, that's when we see the stars the clearest. Okay, we need to move on unless yeah. you guys have yeah, another no, takeaway. We're still on day one, which is crazy. I this know. Is like, yeah, the marathon Okay, day. we're going we're gonna to get on track. Okay, verse five. Jasmine, would you read verse five? Oh, we're going to skip that whole thing? Oh, unless okay. you had a takeaway. Uh... Did so I? We see oh no, panic! These, oh like, yeah, this just is just the culture yeah, yeah, in yeah. Judah, the conditions in Judah um, that the law really can't save. Yes, I did want to just make one point um, on this too, because sometimes it is like, well, why, you know, uh, the wicked and going, you know, injustice never going forth, all those things. And um, one thought I had was I was reading Matthew 13 this week, because um, sometimes we think like, why won't God take care of this? Why won't Why won't God do something? And the parable of the wheats and the tares, I thought that was interesting because, you know, in that parable, you know, God lets them grow up together. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, root it out now. He waits until they're all grown and, you know, you'll know them by their fruits. He lets those things come to fruition and mm -hmm. then he, he does, it's not that he won't deal with it. It's not like he won't judge, but, you know, it, there's a timing in but it. But what does he so. say? If I judge right now, yes. you tear out you the root, wheat root with the tears. The wheat. Exactly. So in order to protect us, yeah. he waits and judges. There is a reason for it. I so had that was a, um, yeah. something, Sorry, the law is powerless. And mm -hmm. I went yeah. back to like oh, gosh, Romans yeah. 8, 3 and Hebrews 10, 1. That those people had the Mosaic law, but it was doing nothing for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because unless you obey it, the law is powerless to make us righteous. Right. Or to make us act righteously or even to motivate us to righteousness. Yeah. And like when it's not obeyed, when it's not observed, when it's not respected, mm -hmm. it becomes powerless. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to come in. And as God said in, in the new covenant, as he says in uh, Jeremiah, I will write the law on their mm -hmm. hearts. Yeah. And this okay. is why we need the law written on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And it was written in blood by the blood of Jesus Christ on mm -hmm. the cross. Amen. Amen. Okay, now you can go to day two, sorry. Okay, now we're okay. Moving on All right, to we day just two. had to get that out of our we system. Verse right. five. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, look among the nations, am I supposed to read? Yes. Yeah. Look among the nations and watch, be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. 
one of those verses that's taken out of context many times. Mm. Like, well, you know, because we always think, yay, it's a, you know, God's gonna do a word, and it's true. He does do wonders past finding out, like it says in Job. But then there's also, like in this case, it's bad. <laughs> but you know what? I think it looks that, bad. It looks bad. Yes, but I think that scripture is like that, though. That God is always working. Yes, And exactly. so I think a verse like this. Work. You know, I was reading a, a really high theologian. And theologians have a real problem with people taking for, I know the plans I have for you, say oh, the yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah. from Jeremiah and saying, that was for, you know, Judah and how dare you. And he was saying, oh my goodness. The scripture is alive and living and has relevance. And sometimes God will apply scriptures in unexpected places mm-hmm. yeah. and to unexpected circumstances. So yeah. if you felt like that was a scripture for you in the past, yeah. it was. Hold on to it. Yeah, yes, it was. Absolutely. Well, and I like that. Just looking at some of these words, look mm. and watch yeah. and consider. Like look is perceive and consider. It's mm-hmm. behold. He yep. wants us to look at his word and he wants us to look at what he's doing. Yeah. That word is Navat in the Hebrew. And it's like, it's almost as if God is like saying, look at this revelation. Mm-hmm. So that word look also has the thing, look at the revelation. Like it's, it's pointing to something that's yeah. being revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me here was where it says among the nations. Yeah. And I thought that was such a good point. It's like, um, Habakkuk, I'm doing a, I have a yes. bigger picture here. Yes. And I was good. even just talking to somebody in the office about this. Like, as Americans, we're very myopic. Yes. <laughs> we only look at America. Right. We don't look at so many other things going on in the world. It's like, whoa. You know, get, get oh, a clue, hate, folks. We hate the I, word me too. globalization. Yeah, we like, just don't think global. about that. Yeah. God's, but God's like, I'm doing a work among the nations here, Habakkuk. That's There's good. a lot more going on here that you don't understand. And that was just a good reminder but to me. But also bigger than me. And bigger than, yes, bigger we're so into than this. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm like, what are you doing for me? Yeah. Well, how is this going to affect me? Of course. Yeah. I hate admitting that. Well, but and it's I true. liked too that it's not just for the future. Yes. Like we have a hope mm-hmm. for right now. Mm-hmm. That he's doing a work right now. I love that. Even the, yeah. yeah, you're right. Because he said, in, in your days. And like yeah. that's just in like Jeremiah, days. his contemporary. When Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 1.12, I'm ready to perform my word. Or when yeah. God said that to him. Yeah. So I was like, that's an interesting connection too. Yeah, like, well, I'm ready. I'm doing it now. And Pastor Brian this week taught out of Haggai. And one of the verses that he brought out was that one in Isaiah 43.19. Behold, I do a new thing. Now mm. it will spring forth. And I love that promise that God is doing a new thing. Yeah. And it's not what we expect but he is at work. Mm-hmm. So I love the word watch because I feel like God's like, watch me work. Mm-hmm. Watch me. Yeah. This is my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. And Habakkuk, I just want you to watch me yes. work. That's good. Yeah. And then again, that. like we said, for I will work that God is never inactive. Years ago, I was at a retreat and this woman said, you know, why won't God work? Kind of like Habakkuk, you know, I keep praying and praying and praying. Yeah. And I said, God is at work. Always, yeah. always Absolutely. at work. You know, it says, he who watches over Israel never slumbers and mm-hmm. never sleeps. Yeah. So he who watches over us never slumbers and sleeps. He's always at work. And as you said earlier, it's to have, um, you know, align ourselves with what God is doing and to have those open eyes to go, oh, he mm-hmm. is working. Mm-hmm. I love and that's him. that same verse that Isaiah 43, like, do you not perceive it? It's that same thing. He wants us to have eyes to see what he's doing and have our perspective. And those eyes mm-hmm. only come through prayer. Yes. Really. Yes. And reading the word and saying, okay, this is how we worked before. This is how he works. Mm-hmm. And getting to know his works and then getting to know the the person and dialoguing. I love this part too. I love where he says, be utterly astounded. Like react any way you want. I looked that up yeah. too and it said it was the same word twice. So it's like yeah. wonder marvelously is like the yeah. same wow. word. But it's the idea of like, this is going to be hard for you. Go ahead Mind and react. Yeah. And I love the like fact that in prayer, we're allowed to like shout. We're allowed to get it wrong. I remember mm-hmm. my mom used to uh, pray these imprecatory prayers that would scare the living daylights out of you. She'd be like, break their teeth and their mouth and, you know, like, and you'd be like, Whoa. I mean, they were a lot scarier than that. Um, but, um, you know, like chase them down, tackle them, let the devil clot their hearts. I'm like, ah! You know, I know about praying specifically. Yeah, I, I always wanted to be on my mom's good side yeah. just because of those prayers. You know, like, yeah, I want like the really... good prayers. Like, oh, bless her, touch her, let her know your spirit. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, obey mother, or. And so um, I love that the Lord is saying, be astounded. React, mm-hmm. react as you want to. Yeah. And he expects Habakkuk to go, wait, yeah. you know, what? And I love that because sometimes in prayer we think we have to be like, no, Lord, okay, yeah. that's what you're going to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, glory. And, you know, the Lord, it's, he wants us to be real. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Or even say, what in the world is going on here? Yeah. You know, and so I love that. Be utterly astounded. Yes, Go that's, ahead, that's react. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is so, mm-hmm. it's so like the Psalms. I remember, mm-hmm. like, studying the Psalms years ago and for the first time realizing, oh, David's being completely honest, and yeah. that's okay. Like, because you're right, I do that, I still do that all the time where I think, I have to really respond and react properly for God to work in my life. Or As if speak. he doesn't know what's right. going on in yes, my heart right now. Yes, which is stupid. Like, yeah. he can't, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna fool God. It's like, oh gosh, just be honest. Stop being so dumb, you yeah. know, like, anyway. And we don't have to take control. We don't have <laughs> yes. to yeah. control the outcome. Or we say, like, God gives us a promise. We don't have to figure out how he's gonna make that yeah. happen. Yeah, 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 Like, yeah. Lord, how are you gonna work this to good, bringing in the Chaldeans? We don't have to worry about that. We yes. just trust him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's move on to question two two and three, the takeaway, and what does this verse convey to you about God's work? Oh, it's beyond, actually, you know what's funny? I was, I was thinking about, I was reminded of this. Um, before, um, like, I don't know, probably in like 2019 or whatever, I was just kind of praying, and I'm not even, to be honest, I never prayed this as intently as Habakkuk did, but I was just kind of like, man, the church needs a wake up and revival, and I was really just thinking of like the you know, a run of the mill. We just need to be persecuted and, and go to home churches and have an underground church kind of thing. I don't know. I just had this thought, like, we should do this and we yeah. just need something. And no idea, like, a pandemic would break out. It's just like, what the smack? That's the weirdest thing to use. And then just the way everybody's reacted to it, it's just like, whoa. It's really I would been not have... a proving ground, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> but not what I would have thought. Yes, I wrote Matthew 16, 23, because there Jesus rebukes Peter and says, get behind me, Peter, because you do not value the things of God, but the things that are of man. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm thinking more about, like, how can I preserve myself? Mm-hmm. How can I preserve what I have? How can I hold mm-hmm. on to what I have? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm somehow channeling the wrong thought. Mm. And that I need to be concerned about, like, Lord, what is your way in this? Lead me in your way. You know, David prayed. um, uh, He said, um, search my heart, O God, and know my ways, and see if there be any wicked way in me, Mm -hmm. and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lord, whatever is aberrant or whatever is tending towards the wrong thought pattern or the wrong direction, Correct it. Yeah. Correct it. And that's what we see here. There's a, there's a correcting of um, what he's doing. I had just one last thought. Um, I love the part where it says, which you would not believe. And in other words, the Lord's saying, you would never have come up with what I'm going to do. It would yeah. never have entered your imagination. And, you know, the scripture says in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, ear is not heard um, Eye is not seen, nor is it entered into the heart of man or can be even the imagination, the things that the Lord has prepared for those who love him. Mm -hmm. And as I look at this, I mean, I would never have known, had the scripture not told me, that there'd be an incarnation, that God would choose to become a man. Mm -hmm. And not just a man, but he would choose to become a man, to know our plight, and then to take all the evil of the world on himself. Mm-hmm. and defeat it through a crucifixion, a public execution, a public yeah. humiliating execution. That would never come in my mind. And that's exactly going back to Matthew, where Peter said, as Jesus yeah. began to talk about the way that God was going to do things, Peter said, not yeah. so, Lord. Not, you know, get that out of your mind. Let that be the furthest thing away. And that's when Jesus said, stop it, say mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I know that you're all about preserving life, holding on to the status quo and everything you've got. Mm-hmm. And you're not thinking. And so wrong thinking p- 
puts me first. Mm -hmm. Right thinking says, what's your will, God? Yeah. What do you want, God? Well, yeah. And we're going to see in a couple days here, when we get to day four, like changing his perspective to knowing the character of God. Yes. Right. How he looks at the person of God, and that's imperative for us yeah. to be able to navigate through these times. Are you guys ready to move on to yep. day three? We okay. can do that. We need verses, to. we need to, sorry. <laughs> no. Pull no. a thought into this day. But um, verses six through 11, Cheryl, would you please read those? Look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, and here they come. That bitter impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. They are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. Like there are a lot to themselves. Sorry, I have to comment. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than wolves of the night. Their horsemen charge ahead. Their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like eagles swooping to devour. All of them come to do violence. Their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build, a, build siege ramps to capture it. Then they sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty. Their strength is their God. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, God knows exactly who he's going to use. Yep. It's like there's no illusions like, no, they're really nice. Yeah, I've got to bring them in. They yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually much better. <laughs> it's like, no, they're as bad as you think. There they're as no wicked here. as you think. They're as yeah. lawless as you think. I know, and it's interesting, too, because God, you know, he won't give us more than we can handle, as we, you know, always say. But I, I love that he's so honest with Habakkuk. He's like, like you said, eyes wide open here. This yeah. is who they are and what they're like. I'm not going to pull back. I'm not going to hold back any punches here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking here at the strength and the speed of this army. Yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts and highlights of these? I think the only thing is that they're a lot to themselves. Mm. You know, yeah. they make it up as they go. They're a lot yeah, to themselves. That's, that's New Living. It says in verse 7 that they're notorious for their cruelty and they do whatever they like. They do that's, whatever that's they like. like. the translation And they're there, not so. intimidated by anything. I mean, this is Any scary. other nations, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. just like, we don't answer to you. You're mm -hmm. a joke. And they, they just keep gnarly. going. They're ravenous. Like they're described as like an eagle. So that's like a bird of prey. Yep. The wolves at night, that's yep. when wolves hunt. All they're aggressive, gonna be, yeah. Yep, yeah. fierce. And then the comparison of the cheetah or the leopard, cheetah is like the fastest creature running. Mm -hmm. So there's just intimidating. Mm -hmm. And yeah. strong. Mm -hmm. And strong. Yeah. Um, and at bitter. the end, I, I wrote this because what we see in the Bible that God consistently uses evil to deal with evil. He turns evil on itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was a teenager, my heart began to lean towards these compromises. Um, I've said this before, my freshman year of college just compromised. And I ended up going to a Christian college just for that one year. And then I switched to um, UCI. But that one year that I was at this Christian college, I met kids who were just like me. They were compromised. And I disliked it. I was uncomfortable. And it was like the Lord was showing me the path I was on. Mm. This is you. And he used the evil that was in me mm. and the evil that was in others to identify the evil in me. I mean, it was just like, I came home from that first year and it wasn't like, um, it didn't come from, my mom and dad had no idea. They thought I was perfect. And, you know, hey, I, I like that image. But they had no idea yeah. of everything that was going on in my heart because it wasn't outward. It was just in my heart, but mm -hmm. God knew. God mm -hmm. And God took me to this place where those people were, they were my end. They were, you know, the, there's a scripture twice in Proverbs. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. And the Lord was showing me my end. You're going to end up just like these people. Mm -hmm. This is you. Mm -hmm. And I wonder too, and this is, I mean, I know this is kind of going ahead a little bit, but yeah. I don't have a whole lot on this day anyway. So, yeah. but... Just, um, you know, I think Habakkuk, my opinion at least, is that at this point he didn't really realize because he's going to look at that and be like, but they're evil. Why yeah. would you judge evil? But I, I don't know if he just wasn't thinking about the fact that Judah's evil was in a sense worse because yep. the Babylonians are, are sinning out of ignorance. That's right. Judah is going eyes wide open, running right. into sin. And it's like, That's right. that is so bad. They're completely sinning against the light that they have. When we and it's get like, to, when we get they're to, not that good, Habakkuk. When we get to the book of Jeremiah, 
Jeremiah says to them, put the idols away and, you know, seek the Lord. And they're like, you know, are we supposed to go to Egypt? This is after Babylon has just annihilated Jerusalem. And there's this remnant that they've left. Mm -hmm. And they go to Jeremiah and they're like, should we go to Egypt? And we promise whatever the Lord tells you, we will do. So he comes back to them and he says, you know, don't go to Egypt. Just Mm -hmm. serve the Lord. He'll protect you. And they're like, forget you. You don't know anything. And then they said, because of you, we stopped Uh, pouring out oblation to the queen of heaven, Asherah. We stopped our idolatry because of you. And look, ever since we stopped our idolatry, things have gotten worse, not better. So we're going to go back to pouring out our oblations Mm -hmm. to the queen of heaven, and we're going to Egypt, which, of course, was to their demise. Yeah, they all died. But I I think about that, that... um, they were worshiping, but they were, it was what we would call syncretism because it was, they were serving God as if he was the same as every other God. Does that also sound familiar, like coexistence? Um, I believe we coexist, but we worship only the real God. Mm -hmm. No other God died for our sins. No other God died to save us. Mm -hmm. And no other God rose again from the dead Mm -hmm. and sits on the right hand of power and has a plan for the future. We serve the living God. But what they were doing is they were serving every God Mm -hmm. and just making God, Jehovah or Yahweh, one of the other gods they were serving. Mm -hmm. So I believe that is such a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Any other takeaways on this day? No, no, that's, yeah, I think okay. we're good. Let's okay. move on. I mean, on there then. are tons, but. <laughs> we're, no. we're decisive right? on that. We, we're moving on. We're we very so much fun with this. Okay, so day four, I will read verse 12, and I'm going to read it again out of the NLT. Mm. Oh, Lord my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our sins. Mm. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay, and so here we're seeing Habakkuk come with his understanding of God, and like in this one verse, he has like what, six different names of God that he brings out. So let's talk about these. Mm -hmm. And look, you know, we've talked about before how names speak of character. Names are important. And so what are some thoughts on these names of God? Okay, before we go there, um, I think, again, you have to go back to who God is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're talking about the name of God, Mm because the name, like you said, speaks of his character. Right. But when you don't understand, when you're perplexed, I, exactly. My book, I wrote a book called um, When a Woman um, Chooses to Let Go of Her Fears. And in that, um, and that's from my personal experience, mm-hmm. I have um, this chapter where there are eight things that you have to go back and know about God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to preach it to yourself. Right. And so Habakkuk, I think, here is preaching to himself mm-hmm. because yep. none of this makes sense. Yeah. And actually, Wearsby brought that out too, that God isn't giving Habakkuk an explanation, but a revelation. And that's mm-hmm. important. You really, mm-hmm. more than anything, we don't think that's what we need. We think we need an explanation, but you need revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. Of who God, God is. That's, yeah. exactly. that's bottom line. Who we think um, God is and what we think of God affects our emotions, everything. our yeah. thoughts, everything else. our totally. actions, everything. everything. So this has to be the foundation. Yeah. And knowing can, God affects our identity of who yes. we are. Mm-hmm. But, but the wondrous thing is God makes himself and his identity available to us, we can go and we can know him and we can, again, preach to ourselves. One thing that helps me when I'm going through things is music that lifts up who God is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that talks about who God is. Mm-hmm. is. And I go to those songs. I mean, a lot of the songs today have to do with how I feel yeah. or how oh, I'm well, approaching God. Started. But the hymns, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. oh my goodness, a mighty fortress is our God, yeah. a bulwark never failing. I mean, yeah. that's like the rock. Yes. But I have to go, you know, there's that, there was a song we used to sing, probably you remember this, I go to the rock. I go to the rock no, of I don't know my that one. salvation. I go to the... Do you... Do anyone? Uh-uh. Anyone? It's a kid one. I don't know. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> but that's like this old song, and it was like, I used to like, that's you great. know, go around the house going, I go to the rock. Because so I go to the rock yes. that doesn't move. I go to the rock that brings forth the living water. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ is that rock. 
Mm-hmm. And I go to the rock. And that's how Amen. we get through our circumstances. Mm-hmm. If we have our eyes just on our circumstances, it's overwhelming, it's discouraging, right. and we're defeated. Yeah. Right. If we get our eyes off the circumstances and back onto him, mm-hmm. we recognize he can do these things. That's he can right. do the impossible. Totally. It's like all the water songs that are out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's what I was joking Oceans. about. Like, everything's about, like, waves crashing all over me. And it's like, I'm tired of talking about all these things. Sorry, I just... You got me started on the worship song thing. I better be careful. Anyway, I'm going to everlasting. Like, yeah, okay, no, God is always on the throne. He's never yes. like, oh no, it's somebody else. Could you get yeah. off my throne? I really totally. want it back. God's always on the throne. Mm-hmm. And he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's got a plan mm-hmm. that spans from the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. From the time he said, mm-hmm. you know, let there be light. That goes all the way to when Jesus yeah. Christ is on the throne of the earth and all the kings of the earth bring their treasures to him. Mm-hmm. It spans a whole thing when New Jerusalem comes down with those incredible um, jewel-like foundations mm-hmm. and the, the golden walls and the pearl mm-hmm. gates. He's got a plan. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a plan and that is where we are going. Mm-hmm. That's where we are headed. And yes. all these circumstances are necessary mm-hmm. to get us to the new Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, we, you know, is this, but he is from everlasting. And when you're talking about everlasting to everlasting, you're not only talking about the time span, mm-hmm. you're also talking about that his character is unchanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have he, he is, he is the yeah. same. Yep. He doesn't change. He never is weak. He's never weakened. Mm-hmm. He's never um, put off. Mm-hmm. Or out of control. Or out yeah. of control. Or asleep even. Or asleep. He never yeah. sleeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Well, and for us, it's like you can't trust somebody unless you know them. Right. And I love how personal this is. Yeah, like he yeah. refers yeah. to him as my God and my Holy yes. One. Yes, yes, that's a great. He's our personal God. It's so I good. think that was, yeah, that was mm-hmm. my standard on that. And then with, with you know, um, Lord, it's Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And he Only is the God. I am mm-hmm. that I am. Mm-hmm. And that, that title means I am whatever my people need. Yeah, and that. he is saying to Hezekiah, whatever happens, I'm what you need. Mm-hmm. I'm your salvation through this. I'm your clarity through this. I'm your provision through this. Like, don't worry. Yes. I am is here. And don't we need to I am is stop working. right now and recognize that? Like yeah. the circumstances we're at in, in our lives right now, we need to recognize he is the same I am to us. He's everything yeah. we need. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So and then, of course, my oh, no, God. going to go on to the next part. Yeah, yeah. my authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and Habakkuk's allegiance is to God. And mm-hmm. I think this is hard for Hezekiah because... Habakkuk? Habakkuk, yes, thank you. I keep doing that. It was probably hard for Hezekiah, too. Yeah, it was so hard hard for Hezekiah. Yeah. Especially when this guy named Habakkuk came in like a hundred years later. You're in the wrong time span. What are you doing here? But um, with Habakkuk, I think he was a patriot. Yes. Like Jonah, right? There's a little bit of that. A patriot. And I think there's nothing worse than watching the nation that we love going in decline. Mm -hmm. And knowing. Completely. And knowing who's causing the decline. Mm -hmm. And yeah. why there's the decline, but it is so and being powerless hard. to change it. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember who it was, but they wrote that um, book. It was so good, slouching towards Gomorrah. Um, it it was one of those mm. who was supposed to be. Never mind. But it was the idea is this is where we're headed, right. and it's the demise mm-hmm. yeah. of of our nation. And I think he's like, Lord, you're my God, though. Mm-hmm. You're my ultimate king. Mm-hmm. You're, you're where my ultimate yes. allegiance is. And, and in that, going on to question two, mm-hmm. he's able to see like, okay, we shall not die. You know, mm-hmm. try, you know, you still have a plan. You're going to be faithful. Wipe us out. And you've appointed them for judgment, you know, and marked them for correction. So, you know, you're, these guys are a pawn. Mm-hmm. You know, Very good. you know, mm-hmm. the Babylonians are not like all powerful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we'll never recover from this. It's like, they're just a pawn in your hand. They were a tool for correction. Yeah. So I know he's wrestling with all of this, but there's still the sense of like, okay, wait a minute, you are still God. Yeah. And so he knows that it's mm-hmm. just wrestling and working well, through it. Well, it talks about, you know, in the Psalms, the nations are a bucket. Yeah. I, mean, I, I a drop, drop in a bucket. Drop in yeah. <laughs> and that God, you know, and it says that you know, the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands and he turns it whatever way he wants. Like water. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we see too that, again, 
the Lord says, I'm stronger than the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. Well, and, what's and like you be, said, a tool. Yeah. Well, and what would have never happened if they'd never gone into captivity? Daniel would never have emerged and had such an influence. And look Ezekiel. at Esther. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Esther, these people that God used in mighty ways for like revival and preservation of his people. I mean, Even Jeremiah, proving the word of the prophets mm-hmm. yeah. and of Isaiah. I mean, it was fulfilling yeah, his word. Yeah, powerful witnesses. Yep. And for us. Yeah. Like, we would never have this, this message that we yeah. need today. We would never have this if these Daniel, guys hadn't walked through it. It's so true. Daniel's one of my favorites because mm-hmm. here he was taken into captivity, and yet he determined in his heart that he was not going to defile yeah. the Lord. And you see the, the children of Israel here defiling the, their walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But yet Daniel, in captivity, would not defile himself. And God raised so him up. Yeah. I know, in one point, the um, king said, that he and his friends were 10 times better than anyone else in his kingdom. And so God honored him for that. They tested them. Yes. And they came out 10 times. I know. I'd love to. So even in captivity and in hard places, we can shine for the Lord. And And then Nebuchadnezzar repents. I mean, all these things would never have happened. So So my takeaway is that God has a plan in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And Oswald Chambers once said, God employs the best of ways. If there was a better or more effective way, God would have chosen it. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we realize through this that drastic means are, are sometimes necessary. Are what necessary. you were saying about yeah. Jesus, yeah. if there's well, any other way. And my takeaway, too, is just that it's okay to have these conversations with yes. God yes. and to yes. lament and say, okay, I don't understand this, but to go back and forth with the Lord, he wants us to do that, and he's okay with it. And mm-hmm. to actually really go to his character. Mm-hmm. Always go Absolutely. back to who God is. Because this is, comes right smack dab in the middle of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's to to write to balance it out, because he's gonna he's gonna acknowledge some really bad stuff in the next mm-hmm. verses yeah. about these Chaldeans. So he's got to before he sees any more, he's got to center himself on who God is. What is sorry, I know we need to move yes. on, but no, I just thought of this too. And what an interesting contrast because we just did Jonah, and Jonah yes. knew God's character, but he was bitter about it. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk recognizes God's character, but he's like his name suggests embracing it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, it's like, so this is a bitter pill to swallow. And so yeah. it's quite a contrast there with the prophets. Excellent. So anyway. Okay, can you read verses 13 and 14, please? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so we're seeing God is holy and Habakkuk recognizes the holiness of God. Mm -hmm. And then he asks him these two questions. Why do you? Why do you? Mm -hmm. I love those questions because he starts out like, I know you don't condone evil. Mm -hmm. And so it's from that premise. Recognize who you are. I know you're not okay with evil. Yeah. I know you're righteous. And it's on that premise of who God is that we can ask the why. Now, you know, some people say never ask God why, but I think it depends on the context in which you ask him why. And I think the context, if you are asking God why, in the character of first, this is who God is, Mm -hmm. and then you say why, you know what it does, is it brings you into the revelation. It brings you into what God is doing, and it will... brings understanding. It can be a searching good question. No, that was actually, I'm going to say it now because it fits. This was my final takeaway on the whole day six, but just uh, something from Wearsby. He said that Habakkuk came from a place of doubt, which is born out of a troubled mind and a broken spirit, but not unbelief because that's like a choice of the will. And I think that's what you're saying is like, like, how are you coming at the Lord with this, mm-hmm. with unbelief mm-hmm. or with, like, just genuinely, I'm brokenhearted about this. God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Doesn't the, it feel why? like he's almost For like why? speaking yeah. God's word back to him? It's like, yes. God, this is who you say you yes. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, we can do that, too. We can take scripture and we can pray it back to God. Like, what we're doing in the mornings here, we're praying scripture. And you just pray it back to him. Lord, this is who you are. Yeah. And now, what are you going to do about this? Why are you yeah. doing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. And, you know, honestly, these are questions, if we're honest, Mm -hmm. that we've all had. Yeah. Like, Lord, why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Mm -hmm. Why do you let evil happen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you let people get away with evil? Yeah. Why do you do that? I I was praying that this morning because I was um, reading um, in Kings. And what I saw, though, is that God lets people get away to it to a certain point. And I've said this before, there are limits. Yeah. 
-hmm. but he uses it to expose them. I was, I'm sorry, what I was reading this morning that reminded me, this is uh, Mark chapter um, 14 in the trial of Jesus. And all the evil and all the lying and all the corruption of the religious system is seen in the trial of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And had it not been Jesus on trial, we wouldn't know, like, they spit, sorry, <laughs> they hit, they falsely accuse. They, they don't ask for anyone to affirm. Anyone have a good testimony about Jesus? Right. They <laughs> seek the liars, the reprobates, the worst of society, yeah. and they're taking their testimony mm. yeah. over, you know, the haters rather than the, the ones who, like, well, I was blind and he made me see, or I was lame and he made me walk. They're taking the worst, mm -hmm. and they're taking as words out of context and they're twisting it but without that you would never see yeah. how wicked they were and I yeah. think you know honestly somebody put this and I loved it they said on Instagram and Facebook the snarky comments only reveal the snarkiness in the people that make them right like the gloves come off the gloves come yeah, off and, and what you're just, seeing yeah. is the anger mm -hmm. the pain the frustration mm -hmm. I mean, for me, when I read those comments, I'm like, oh, you must be in so much pain. Or you must just be so given over. Or you must be so frustrated. Mm. It doesn't say anything about the person yeah. they're attacking as much as it says about their personal weakness, mm -hmm. their personal frustration, their lack of faith, mm -hmm. the caliber of fear that they have, mm -hmm. or uh, the weapons that they use. Mm -hmm. And... So I, I feel like with, with this, um, we do, we've all asked at a time, yeah. why do you tolerate? And then why are you quiet right now? Mm -hmm. yeah. Why are you quiet? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you saying something about this? Why aren't you, right. you know, doing something? Why aren't you stopping this? You have the power to stop it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the power. Like, you know, why did you let pot be legalized? You know, seriously. Yeah. You know, why? Yeah. And God sometimes lets men do everything there in their heart. He, right. His way sometimes is to let us have our own way. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, uh, Henry Garapie wrote a great uh, devotional on Job. It's one of the best ever. I wish mm -hmm. I could remember the name of it right now. But in it, he talks about God help those who, who only say, my will and not yours, and never see the purpose of Gethsemane. Wow. But the idea that at the end of the ages, God is saying, he's going to say to people, you got your way. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live with me. Mm -hmm. You yeah. don't have to have anything to do with me. And I think there's nothing worse in life than getting our own way. Nothing. Nothing. You know, it's that wheat and tares thing again. Mm -hmm. You know, letting them grow all the way up yeah. to show the, you know, just go as far, yeah. Well, and then there's two because God doesn't, is not willing that any should perish. So right. he's going to give people a long rope because he doesn't want them to, he, you know. And he's giving us a free will. We have yeah. choice, which is mm -hmm. the blessing that we have the choice, but it also makes for these kind of evils yeah. in the world we live in. And you see kind of like the, you have made mankind like the fish of the sea. I think of sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. you've, you've made them, they're in this like huge ocean of life and they're just doing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not answering yeah. to anyone and that was the state right then mm -hmm. of... Um, well, let's move on to that. Yeah. Would you mind reading verses 15 and through 17, Cheryl? Okay. They pulled my arm. Yeah, that was only a one-pager. Okay, the Chaldeans pulled them all up with a hook. So, in other words, these... I'm sorry, I just have to comment. The, <laughs> the fish are, are ready. They're taking the lure. They're taking the bait. Mm -hmm. And I read an article one time that was so good. It was on spiritual warfare. And it was saying that Satan just like, oh, that, that lure didn't work. Oh, let me throw mm -hmm. this one in. And he's just trying to hook people. Like C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters where you see his tactics. Yes. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the Chaldeans pull them up with a hook, catch them in their dragnet, gather them in their fishing net. That is why they are glad and rejoice, speaking of the Chaldeans. Mm -hmm. That is why they sacrifice to their dragnet mm -hmm. and burn incense to their fishing net. <laughs> For by these things, their portion is rich and their food plentiful. 
Will they therefore empty their net and continually slaughter nations without mercy? Hmm. So in other words, they captured nations like they were fishing. It was so easy for them. And they paraded their success. They paraded it, and yep. not only that, they glorified their strategies. Yes. Worshipped themselves. They really. worshipped yeah, them. Like, look at our yeah. net. Our net is so good. Our strategies are so good. Nobody can, you know, withstand us. Mm-hmm. But I think about people who praise their methods. Mm-hmm. They praise their methodologies, or they praise their instruments that mm-hmm. they they use. You know, mm-hmm. and we live in a, a world right now where people praise their their strategies, uh, their philosophies, their methods. Mm-hmm. their methods. This is what mm-hmm. we live on, and that's another uh, C.S. Lewis book, *The Great Divorce*. Oh, I love that uh-huh. one. And in *The Great Divorce*, there's this one man. And this angel stands before him and he says, now that you see that everything you thought is wrong Mm -hmm. and it won't get you into heaven and it won't do anything, are you ready to forfeit your thoughts and all your philosophies and all your wrong thinking and go to heaven? And he said, oh, absolutely no. He said, these are my thoughts. I'm just so proud of myself that I could even think them wrong or right. I thought them up. Mm -hmm. They came out of my own mind and I am the author of them and they're wonderful. And with that book, what C.S. Lewis wanted to point out is even in the day of reckoning, men won't repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when they choose their own way, they are making an eternal decision based on mm-hmm. what they want to do, their own will. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what, I mean, everybody's going to, what is it, worship someone? You're, they're worshiping themselves, and that's right. just the choice they've made. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to worship me. And that's what you me. see, it, they're worshiping their nets. Mm-hmm. It made me think of Nebuchadnezzar. You know, he sacrificed to his own net. Like, he got <laughs> raised up after Daniel's prophecy. He's like, oh, yeah, I am all that, and became so prideful. Yeah. And then he ended up going crazy <laughs> because of God's judgment against his pride. He made mm-hmm. himself the idol of his own success. Yeah. So just in light of that, why do you think Habakkuk was perplexed about what was God, what God was doing, looking at these Babylonians? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's what I said before uh, when I, I cheated and I went ahead, but it, it's, I, again, like I said, I think part of it is he didn't re- realize like just how bad Judah's sin was too. Because you know exactly. what I mean? Like there was part of it that's not realizing like, well, you know, they actually are pretty bad. We never see how bad we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even when we replay it, yeah. We, we are justify dialogue is different yeah. and we're like but oh, I meant somehow this. we have like levels of sin like my yeah. sin's not as bad as that sin that yeah. sin's so much worse yes. yeah yeah and totally he's doing yeah he's that like here. Oh, Babylonians are so bad god mm-hmm. you know i think that's why paul said to the corinthians they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise mm-hmm. yeah, when we that's use a good the point. standard yeah. of each other um, i tell this story and it's with d and i asked her to cut 18 inch ribbons uh-huh. and she I loves the story. <laughs> so we set it out. We had the measuring stick and everything, which is the template. Yes. And so Dee began to cut it. So she hands it to me. And there's some that are like short. And there's some that are like three feet long. And I'm like, Dee, what happened here? She's like, well, I just began to measure them by each other. And I'm like, I love you. I needed that <laughs> illustration. And yes, I said, totally. you know, we always need to go back to the template. Yes. Because otherwise, if you sew, you know, if you don't go back to the template, You'll get all sorts of different measurements. And when you take Jesus, when you take God out of the picture and you begin to go, well, I'm not as bad as that person, I'm not that, you lose the whole template. Because we don't stand before our peers. We don't stand before nations or other men. That's not the standard. We stand before God. I've been reading, again, in Kings, and I love Elisha and Elijah. They're like two of my favorite biblical characters. But they always would introduce themselves or, you know, pronounce something and, and say, even as um, the living, uh, even as the living God lives before whom I stand. Mm-hmm. And again, they were always measuring everything yes. before the living God. And again, they're living in idolatrous Israel that's about to fall, that's mm-hmm. getting so, so bad. And they righted themselves by standing before God. God. Mm-hmm. No, Paul says the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. nor do I judge myself. He who judges me is the Lord. That's like, right. You know mm-hmm. what? I can't even, you know. Yeah. And- or, or just like Peter, when uh, in, in First Peter, when he says, you know, you don't revile in return. Commit yourself to him who judges righteously. That really, there was a season in my life when I had to just do that. Commit yourself to him who judges righteously. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about 
this oh or that. Oh my gosh, I've had to do that so yeah. much. I mean, that's been my life for the last yourself. 20 years. Look, just stand before Jesus. Yeah. Stand before Jesus because these people don't know what they're talking about. Love these people mm-hmm. and just stand before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stand before Jesus. It goes both ways, right? Like not yeah. only do we not measure our own lack of sin or sinfulness, we have to measure it by the standard of God's word and mm-hmm. by God, and but also you. defending ourselves. Yes. Yeah. We can trust that he is going to defend us, yeah. that he sees our hearts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's actually the flip side of I'm what Jesus is saying, but that's right. Yeah. I'm going to please you. Good. I'm going to live to please you. Um, I wrote also, like, what have you learned considering the ways in which God works? But I put 2 Kings chapter 5, 10 through 14, and that's the story of Naaman, because I'm Mm. in 2 Kings. And Naaman goes to the, he's told by this little servant girl, there's a prophet in Israel, and I wish that Naaman could go to him because he'd be healed. So Naaman, so Naaman's wife goes to him, like, there's a prophet in Israel. He goes to this prophet. I, he goes to the king, and the king of Israel goes into this full-on panic, like, oh, I can't heal him. He's just trying to pick a fight. What, what is he thinking? And he realizes how bankrupt he is of any resources or anything to stop a war, really. And, you know, heal this man. It's like, you know, spin this straw into gold or else. Yeah. And huh. so Elisha sends a message to the king, send him to me. And so Naaman comes, he's got 750 pounds of silver. He's got, um, I can't remember, 50 pounds of gold. And he's got all these changes of clothing. He's ready to pay for the prophet's services. He's rich, he's important. And Elisha doesn't even come out of the house. Doesn't greet him, doesn't speak to him. Sends a message, says, go dip in the river seven times, the Jordan River. You'll be healed. And what does Naaman do? He gets so mad. So offended. So offended. Mm-hmm. I've got better rivers in Syria. I didn't come here to go swimming and <laughs> take 30. a bath. And, Stupid and he says, I thought the prophet would come out, call on the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. and wave his hands over me, and I would be clean. And his servant said to him, like, look, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just give it a try? Yeah. Why don't you just give what it do you a have to lose? try? Yeah. And I, I, I go back to the ways of the Lord. Yes. Like, they're not our ways. Mm-hmm. And it might be as ridiculous sounding as believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Mm-hmm. It might be as ridiculous as, you know, be baptized in the name of Jesus or dip in yes. the Jordan River seven times. Mm-hmm. That sounds... Um, so insensible or unmagical. It's not magic. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. not like, you know, yeah. it's none of that stuff. It's just go, go for a swim in the Jordan River mm-hmm. and you know, just go down, come up, go down, come up, go down, yeah. come up. And I think the first time, did anything change? Probably not. Did mm-hmm. the second change? I think he's probably going down going, oh. but what if he had stopped at number three or yeah, number four or and six. said, this isn't working. And I know yeah. so many people who received Jesus and they stop at dip number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Habakkuk couldn't stop with just hearing that the Chaldeans were coming. Yeah. He needed chapter two and chapter three, mm-hmm. as do we. Don't mm-hmm. stop with Habakkuk yes. one. Don't dip Stay once. Stay with us. Because yeah, yeah. we got to dip all seven times yeah. mm-hmm. if we're going to be free of the leprosy. So good. Any last takeaways? Oh, yes, it's time for a last takeaway. Yeah, and that's my final thought is just, you know, sometimes it's, it might get worse before it gets better, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, kind of like what we keep talking about with knowing the character of God, I thought of Mark seven thirty seven, where it says, he has done all things well. All things. Jesus does all things well in the end. That's like a, that's a fact, that's a truth, and just to cling to I've that. I've got one more, and that is that evil is a consequence of rebellion against God. Too. The only reason Israel is, I mean, Judah is open mm. and vulnerable right. is because they've rebelled against God, yes. and sin leaves us vulnerable to evil. Yep. And it is only by seeking Jesus mm-hmm. that we can be freed from the ultimate consequences that's of so evil. Amen. That's Amen. one of my yeah. takeaways too, was just watch and pray. And that's what Jesus told his disciples to do yes. in the garden yes. so that they didn't enter into temptation. Right. We have to be watchful. We have to be prayer, prayerful. Mm-hmm. And um, just like what you were saying about um, God's ways are not our ways of just trusting. Like Isaiah says, you know, his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways, Mm -hmm. but trusting that he is still in control and he's sovereign. Amen.
Nailed it. All right. Would you mind closing us think, in prayer, Jasmine? I think Isaiah is the perfect verse to Isaiah end on. 55, yes. 55, 8 through 9. 55, 8 and 9. Learn yeah. that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Lord, yeah, we thank you for that. That's just a truth, God. Um, your ways are higher. They're better. God, would you help us to um, relinquish, God, our um, expectations and our perspective? Also to realize you can do what you want because it's best, Lord. And, and man, sometimes I think we just have, think we have these rights to, <laughs> I need to know and I in all of this. Instead of realizing you are God, right. you are from everlasting right. and eternal. We aren't. What the smack do we know? So Lord, please help us, God, to, I don't know, not view things in our own self-importance, God. I know for me, Lord, I wanna view things with more humility and understanding, Lord, my place before the creator, God, who knows all and is all wise, but also all loving and so good. And so please, God, just give us an expanded view of you and who you are, Lord, just as you were doing for Habakkuk, so that that would filter down into how we live our lives. Like Angie was saying, how our emotional state is, how our perspective is, Lord. We need a fresh vision and revelation of you to help us, Lord, um, navigate this life in a way that honors and pleases you. So just do that, Lord. We ask that you would do it. And we thank you, Lord. It's not by might or by power. It's by your Holy Spirit um, that we have this kind of revelation of who you are. And we ask you to do that. And um, we thank you so much for this time. And thank you for your word that does give us that perspective, that correction, that understanding that we need. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.